Welcome to Funeral Gurus Radio. I'm your host, Robin Heppel from FuneralFutures.com. We're continuing our pre-conference interviews for the ICCFA annual convention that is going to be held in Las Vegas, Nevada from March 19th to the 22nd. Today's guest is Libby Gill, who is the author of You Unstuck, The New Rules of Risk-Taking in Work and Life. Libby, welcome to Funeral Gurus. Thank you so much, Rob. I appreciate it. Now, Libby, can you just provide a little bit of background about yourself and, uh, and, and your book? Sure. I come from uh, a somewhat different business than you are in. I was a media executive for a number of years, head of corporate communications and public relations at Sony Pictures Television and also Turner Broadcasting, and then head of corporate communications for the Worldwide Television Group at Universal. And my job there, my role was to shape the communications and the profiles of the company both internally with the employees and externally with the media and the public. So in that way, our, our businesses are alike, and I guess communication being sort of the cornerstone of every successful business, that's been my career for 20 years. And then about 10 years ago, I went into business for myself as an executive coach and a brand strategist, and I work with clients on creating their own marketplace positioning, leadership skills, and just developing a level of excellence within their own business. And as a coach, I found so many people were just plain stuck in different areas, and, and usually it was their own mindset that got in the way. And, and observing what helped people change more rapidly, what slowed them down, what tools I could offer, is what really led me to write my book, You Unstuck, to help them get past that stuck place and get to a, a higher level of productivity and also of passion and excitement about their work and their life. Well, I, I'm guessing, I'm glad to hear that it's not just uh, us in the in the funeral industry that get get stuck sometimes. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I have been called into major organizations that are all about pop culture, fun, entertainment, because they feel that they're not innovating, that they're stuck, that they're siloed, that they're not communicating, that they've gotten stodgy. So it is, it is by no means your business that is unique to feeling that you can occasionally get stuck. <laughs> well, great. And uh, now your presentation is um, you and your staff unstuck at, uh, at the ICCFA convention. And uh, from from the write up that they have there, that you're going to be sharing some case studies and have some exercises. So maybe just kind of give a little bit of over an overview of the um, of the presentation. Well, it was interesting when I first started talking to the association. They said to me, I talk about a number of things, leadership, personal branding, and, um, and the association folks said, no, no, you know, we can, be, we can be pretty stuck. We can get kind of uh, locked into our own ways, sort of that business-as-usual mentality, and we want you to talk about getting unstuck. And, and as I mentioned, that's what I do with lots of organizations, even those that you would think are the creative and the innovators out there, because we do tend to get 
get stuck into that, that's the way we've always done it, that's the way the business works, and in the funeral industry in particular, of course, so much of it has been handed down through generations, which is the good news, bad news, is that you've got this, in many cases, you've got this long history of a family business that's that's passed down through the ages, and there's a, a wealth of tradition and history, often you're tied into your neighborhoods and communities, but... The flip side of that is you get locked into doing things the same way and you get a little myopic about, you know, what might we be doing differently? What else is out there? And, of course, in the funeral industry, you've seen these enormous changes in just the last decade or so with with the, the green movement and the desire for green funerals and more people being interested in cremation and and just the changes in technology. I mean, just just recently looking at, at Whitney Houston's funeral streamed live via webcast. And even here in Los Angeles, I know that um, one of our big uh, funeral businesses is um, Forest Lawn, who has, they've got, I think, six or eight locations around the city. And they started webcasting funerals um, in 2008 and started, you know, occasionally that would happen, particularly when there's a foreign, somebody whose family is either uh, across the country or in many cases across the world. The webcasting and this live streaming video became very important for people who couldn't hop on a plane and come to a funeral. And now Forest Lawn is doing more than one a day webcast funerals. So you can see in a very short period of time how technology has taken over. But what I want to what I want to impress upon people is is that your industry, all the funeral professionals, be looking for ways that they can stay, not just keep up with that curve, but stay ahead of it. What's next? And it's really about the way people live. You know, technology is such a huge part of our lives. Of course it should be part of the whole experience of, of funerals and planning for funerals. So what else is going on in our daily lives that needs to be considered within the industry? And that's, that's what I'm hearing. And the, at best, all I can hope to be is, is an educated outsider. I can't come in and tell you how to run your business because I come from a communications and media background. But what I can tell you is look ahead. Look ahead a year or two years or three years. What are the trends that you're seeing in your daily life? What do you see happening around you? What are you hearing from people that come in to work with you? Those are the kinds of things so you can stay abreast with what's happening and also ahead of it. Well, that's that's great. And I think, too, you know, you mentioned there about – well, we've, uh, you know, we've always done it this way before, or we've never done it that way before. And, and uh, you know, if Forest Lawn would have taken that approach to the webcasting, look what they'd be missing out on today, right? Right. And, and you know, there's room for everyone. There are all different ways to do things. And the way that you educate and you work with your, um, with your communities, uh, not only the, the green funerals and the live streaming video, but one thing, and I've been studying up, I've been doing a little homework on the industry. Mm-hmm. Not only has it been very much a family business, but it's been male-dominated for so long. What about women at senior levels of the industry getting into the leadership? And what are you doing internally? And this goes for any organization. What do you do to grow that next generation of professionals? How do you get people excited about the industry? Because you are in an industry that's been... Uh, it's so much ingrained in the community, and yet you've, you've got to be looking at the bigger picture about, you know, what are the movements that we see in terms of business, 
of social media, and I've seen on your website, Rob, you've got Facebook and Twitter and all of these things that some people might think, well, that's not our business. That's, that's not where our focus is. But why not? We are all in the business of communicating with others, solving problems, creating emotional connections. Of course, you've got to be looking at what are all the different ways that we need to be doing that now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, well, one of the great things about, about uh, this interview, Libby, is that the people who, um, you know, the, uh, you know, that people that, you know, don't want to change, they're, they're probably not listening. So, um, but the, 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 generally the folks that are, are always trying to, um, you know, they're trying to improve and, and I'm sure that they get, uh, um, you know, they get stuck, as you said, even the proactive people do um, occasionally. Now, what about, um, uh, in your in the little write up here for the presentation, you talk about the the three R's: risk, reinvent, and repeat, um, and and risk riskophobia. So can you? Oh, riskophobia. Yeah. Yes. Well, first of all, I mean, we, we just as you said, we the, and I think you just laid a challenge down there for me, Rob. That the people that need this the most are not the ones listening. So I think that's our job. How do we get those people to be listening and thinking about how to get unstuck? Because you're right, the people who are always looking at their own growth are the ones who are taking that risk. But first of all, you've got to really look at what's that next move? What is that next bold action you need to take? What's a risk that you've, you know, maybe it's sort of simmering in the back of your head, or someone has suggested it, but you haven't taken it up? Or is it a, having a dialogue with your team members and saying, what, what's that next, next risk we need to take? How do we reinvent what we do on a daily basis? And once we find some new systems, some new ways of communicating, of providing the services that we offer, how do we then continue to do that so that we, we reinvent and we reinvigorate the business? And the goal is always to continue to pass that along, pass that down through the organization so that we are always teaching people to get inspired, to bring more to the table. And one thing that I hope all participants will leave with is this idea of what I call the Kaizen concept. And Kaizen is a Japanese term. It's made up of two words. Kai meaning change, and Zen is the word we're familiar with that means good, literally means good. So you put those together, and this came about when Japan was rebuilding and reinventing after World War II, and it really began as a movement in the auto industry where everybody had to not just come to work with an occasional idea or suggestion, but much more intensive than that. It was your job. It's our job, incumbent upon the employee, to constantly be thinking of better ways to do our business. We reinvent, and then we repeat those successes and find new ways. You always start that cycle. You take a risk, you reinvent, then you repeat what works, and then you add you're always adding new incremental growth so that it's everybody's job to improve systems, communication, services, the way data is kept. Every little piece of your business is, is open to suggestion. And it's not a mission of whose fault is it if something doesn't work or who's stuck or who's to blame. It's, it's a completely holistic approach where you look at the organization, and I don't care if this is a three-person um, business or a 500 or 5,000-person 5, business, everybody's job becomes how do we improve? 
How do we constantly bring more into the organization, more to our customers, more to the community? And if everybody is inspired to do that, and, and think of it this way, if you just made an incremental change, everybody in your organization, 1% a day, Imagine where you would be in a year. I mean, that's, that's you or an entire team of people all moving forward, constantly moving forward. And sometimes it'll be a huge leap when somebody says, aha, I've got a great idea. Why don't we do this this way? You know, whether it's, oh, gee, we've never done that before or that's the way we've always done it. doesn't matter. When you think of a way to do it, you try it. You test it. You challenge what I call the immediate negative response. Now, that will mean that sometimes you'll fall flat on your face and it won't work, and that's okay. That's a good thing. Then you say, okay, tried it, didn't work, duly noted, moving on to the next thing. But it is this constant ideas and reinvention, and it's just too easy to get used to the status quo. We do it that way because that's how we do it. We've formed a habit. We've formed a mindset. Set, and this is the way it's going to continue for the next, you know, 100 years. And to, unless everybody knows, oh, wait a minute, it's my job to figure out a better way to do that. Whether I'm running the mailroom or I'm the CEO, it's my job to improve. And, you know, that's not just for professional life. You spill that right over into your personal life and think about if you improved your fitness, your relationships, how you take care of your finances, Everything in your life, just a little bit at a time so that you were always moving in that positive direction. You're not going backwards, although we'll all slip occasionally. That's okay. You pick yourself up and you start moving back in that direction. And if that is ingrained into the DNA of an organization, if someone's out sick or someone tries a risk and it doesn't work, if there's any kind of dissension, it doesn't matter because the organization is moving together at such a pace that things are happening. Things are always going forward. You're not just resting on the, gee, well, that's what we've always done. I mean, and think how much more engaged and, and excited your employees will be if they know that their contributions, their contributions on an individual level are really aligned with the whole organization. You know, what I do as one person makes a big difference to the whole. Mm -hmm. But that requires some effort on the part of the leadership. That means you've got to make that clear. You've got to have a very clear vision. You've got to have you've got to decide what the the atmosphere, what the culture of your organization is like. And even though, you know, you've got a lot of people in delivering a service but in different ways, you know, among all the different variations of the funeral industry and cremation and all the different aspects. But if everybody's job is about growth and moving forward, then the the uniqueness of the organization comes about by well, this is the way we take care of our employees. This is what we believe in. This is how we do things differently. This this is what our our mindset is. Then you've got room for everybody to play a role in aligning their personal mission with the organization's mission, and that's when everybody wins. Well, Does that make sense? Oh, ab absolutely. Um, now, what about um, what would you suggest then if? Um, you know, if the folks that uh, maybe can't attend the uh, the, the convention and, and your session, uh, they're listening to this. They're uh, this is going to be their content for their next staff meeting. Um, what could you could you give them two or three steps that they could discuss to just get jumpstart them into taking on this new mindset? 
Absolutely. I will tell you, this is, I'll give you my framework, the, the sort of decision-making matrix that I use for just about everything. But, of course, I must shamelessly say that the first thing they should do is go get my book, You Unstuck, because it's all laid out for them there. But here's what they should do, is in three steps, you can plug any any data, any information, any idea into this, the first step is to really clarify the vision. That can be the big picture vision of the organization. It can be the vision for one initiative or even one meeting. I, you know, when I go to a meeting, I love it when somebody says, here's why we're on this call or here's what we want to do in the next hour seems so simple and obvious, yet so many things start without that, sort of rudderless without that vision. So first step, clarify the vision. Second step, simplify the path. Make, as human beings, we tend to overcomplicate most things. So you've really got to look at how do I go, what is the straight line between, not A and B, but A and Z? What do I need to get out of the way that's really irrelevant, that doesn't have to do with serving the needs of our clientele, of our customers, or internally of serving our organization? Simplify the path. And finally, you've got to execute the plan. And that is, you know, that's what separates the, um, the doers from the dreamers is the execution. You've got to really look at having milestones. Once you've clarified that vision, okay, this is what we want to accomplish. By this time next year, we want to go from here to here. You've got that vision. Okay, we know how to simplify it. We've decided how to connect those dots. We know what to get rid of either in terms of bad habits, ineffective people, or the wrong structure. We know what we need to bring in, expert help, a new um, organizational or operational system, whatever that is, and now we're going to execute the plan. You've got to look at accountability factors, you've got to look at milestones, and you've got to look at measurement. But once you link those together, clarity of vision, a simple pathway to get to reaching that vision, and milestones for executing that plan, then you can get from a tiny little initiative to a, an entire success network within your organization. And I think those are the most important things to really plug in your, your problem, your issue, your challenge into that and just nail that down and think about that from in, in anything you're trying to deal with. And then you can really get... A, it's that old ask the right question, and it's a lot easier to get the right answer. Absolutely. Well, Libby, this is uh, this has been great, and uh, I'm really looking forward to your presentation. I'll be uh, I'll be in attendance for sure, and uh, wanting to make sure that uh, you know even here within our company that we don't get uh, that we don't get stuck because we're we're trying to look you know forward to the future too. But uh, you know other things kind of pile on, so. I'll be there. Now, uh, before I let you go, just uh, any last comments or, or thoughts? Well, you know, I'm really looking forward to sharing a message. And, and Rob, you pointed this out on, on Funeral Gurus. And I think it's so true uh, about people wanting to celebrate a life. And I think that's so critical. I lost two brothers, my stepmother, and, and all of my grandparents by the time I was in my 20s. So I, death is a part of life. I've never found it... A lot of Americans have an aversion. We're, you know, we're not plugged into this whole cycle. And, but I do think it's so important to think about that celebration of life because you pointed out, you know, people say that's what what they want, but is the industry delivering that? And I went to the celebration of a friend's life 
you might call it a funeral, memorial service. A dear friend of mine I'd known for many years who passed away from cancer, and at the and and it was truly a celebration. He was in the media business. They showed a clip reel and these beautiful videos of all these fun, wonderful things that he'd done. And at the end, and this was something his two young kids came up with, and this is my friend Joe, whose wife Lori works with me now. He, they wanted to write. We passed out balloons, helium balloons, at the end of the celebration, which appropriately took place in a theater. Um, and when people came out of the theater after seeing this reel and hearing these wonderful speeches, and believe me, there wasn't a dry eye in the house, even though it had a very celebratory feel. They, we handed out helium balloons to everybody and Sharpie pens and said, write a message to Joe. Write a message to Joe on your balloon. And everybody did. And 200 people went outside this theater lobby and we let our balloons go. And it was the idea that we're all going to hold this wonderful thought and just let that rise into the air. And it was such a feeling of elation and celebration and so fitting to the life of this wonderful, warm person. And I think that you're, that, 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 it, that really is part of your industry. And I think that you really hit on this, this wonderful, emotional, innovative, innovative connection that you have with the people who are living, and I, I think that was just a really lovely statement. How do we give that to people? How do we do it in a way that honors their tradition, their culture, their history? Because it really is about all of us who are living that want to celebrate that moment, and that's the challenge for your industry. How do you do that with the beliefs, the restrictions, the mindset that we have? But when it comes to it, that's what we're all doing is celebrating that life. So that when it comes to our, the time of our passing, we've accumulated all those wonderful moments and relationships and friends and somebody's standing there celebrating us in absentia, but they're there celebrating our lives. And, and certainly that's what I want. And I know my mom expects me to have a black tie jazz ceremony and serve great champagne when she passes on, and, and that's what I'll do. And so I... I, I encourage creativity, and I think that's something that um, you certainly got with your ideas about the future, but I think that's, that's the direction for everyone is to be more creative about what you do. And, it, and that kind of ties back to taking the risk. Like when, oh, absolutely. When they're uh, you know, sitting in front of the family, because a lot of times the families don't, you know, they don't know what to ask, and the funeral directors are sometimes... Um, fearful of suggesting too much because it just sounds salesy or, um, you know, because there's so many different options. And I think, though, that, uh, you know, the times that, that I've been in that situation and taken the risk, it's always worked out. And, um, yeah, it's well, just... It's a somber moment, and people take it, obviously, they're grieving, and people take it very seriously. But I think if you're authentic... You can offer every option under the sun, and if, you, if it comes from a place of respect and compassion, people will hear that, and I think they will be extremely appreciative that you've taken them by the hand and walked them through this process instead of expecting people who may have never dealt with death before to articulate 
you know, this, this kind of, of celebration or ceremony or parting ritual that they've never had to envision. So I do think that's, that's where creativity, that's where innovation, and that's where risk-taking comes in. So I applaud you for doing that. And teaching people to come from the heart and soul in that most delicate of moments when people are at their most fragile, I think that's, that's the message I really hope I can impart. Well, that's great. Well, thanks so much, Libby, and uh, I'll, uh, I look forward to seeing you in Vegas. Likewise. I do, too. Thank you, Rob. Well, I'd like to thank Libby Gill, who is the author of You Unstuck, The New Rules of Risk-Taking in Work and in Life, who is going to be presenting uh, you and your staff unstuck at the ICCFA annual convention that is going to be held in Las Vegas, Nevada, from March 19th to the 22nd. For more information and registration details, visit www.iccfa.com. Check back soon for another pre-conference interview. On behalf of thefuneralgurus.com, this is Robin Heppel.